You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? We got to work, dude. We did. We made some one-off t-shirts uh, that will soon be available, most likely, based off demand. We'll see. Let us know. Yes. But we're with our friends over at Positive Approach, and let's start with introductions. Hey, guys. I'm, I'm Joe, uh, co-founder of Positive Approach. Um, just made some awesome shirts with these guys. We're gonna, <laughs> now we're going to hustle them. We're going to sell at least 2,000. Wow. It's a high demand. So let us know if you want 2,000 of them. We'll put them through. Yeah, we'll no come pressure. here and work. Yeah, we'll come here and work. It, yeah. That was so much fun to do. I've never done that before. Do you get people amazed by the process? Because I, I've seen these viral videos go around of people doing that squeegeeing technique that we just did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is so amazing to watch. Like, this is fulfilling everything that I needed. Yeah, I, I mean, for us, it gets a little old. But <laughs> I can imagine for uh, for someone who's never seen it before, it's definitely like a cool process. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like... It's pretty straightforward, but it's not obvious, you know. It, it's like there's a lot of ins and outs to it that you have to kind of learn a lot of techniques. Um, so it could take a while to kind of master. Um, but when you're printing, you know, hundreds or thousands of shirts a day, it gets a little monotonous. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah, especially when you're doing it for a while. But, <laughs> right. yeah, it's super exciting. When we – if, like – like a young person comes in here or a kid um it's super exciting for them and i, I think it's like a really tactical kind of thing so, sure yeah it's it's pretty cool to watch though to see sweet. people like certain people like really get the hang of it like right away and then other people it's just like they can't get it like not a, like us we just didn't no, get it no, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you guys did great i mean the shirts look good they, they, they pass you guys are really hired good. awesome <laughs> that's it yeah love it we'll be back tomorrow <laughs> work some overtime so uh let's start at the at the beginning of all of this so you've been in business for 12 years yeah but before that you were perfecting your art to get ready to go into business at how old um like 17 18 kind of like out of high school in our parents basements uh 
skate culture. Like yes. we just wanted to make our own stuff. And it was just like going to a place like a screen printing place, like similar to ours. And they'd be like, you have to print 50 shirts and it's going to cost you $600. I'm like, I don't have $600 and I don't need 50 shirts. So I'm going to go print my own. So we basically just bought like these artist kits from a local art store and did it in our parents' basements. Um, Justin and I separately, and then eventually combined to make the shop. And we were working at a skate park in Black Rock um, at the same time. So that kind of like fused us together. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, And it gave us the clientele we needed because we were working with bands who were playing shows at the skate park and we were printing for the skate park as well. Just out of the basement? Out of our parents' basement, yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, and it wasn't like huge volume. It was just like maybe like a, you know, like 50 shirts here, 25 shirts here. Sure. Um, within the span of like, you know, a few few weeks, we would print like two or three orders. You know, now it's like we'll print like 10 orders in a day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's way different. Like looking back on it, it's it doesn't, do any like justice to it to what we were doing yeah, when it got us started yeah, yeah. Sure. well when we were doing ours right now there's a whole drying process how did you dry stuff back then uh back then it was in our my like our parents ovens <laughs> 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 like like eating dinner like out of that oven <laughs> like, that night. like probably not the best like, um but you know we had to do what we had to do and eventually we we would upgrade equipment and there's a lot of learning involved too so it was finding like what we needed and there wasn't like the internet existed but it wasn't like super resourceful like it is now so it was a lot of just like digging to find what we needed to to find like flash dryers and um compared to now it was like it's everything seems so expensive like a flash dryer that cost maybe like four or five hundred dollars back then it was just not in our reach so we did what we could it was very like diy kind of thing so when did you get to that point where you wanted to move out of the basement production and go into the next area? Like, what was the next step for you at that point? It was, like, super just, like, random, honestly. We were, like, riding a lot of bikes at the time, and we would always hang out on Elmwood. And um, I kind of just, like, came up with the idea of having this space for us to create something. It, it wasn't necessarily a business idea at that point, but it was, like, where can we work and like have this creative freedom and we were riding our bikes down elmwood um and we found a a four lease sign on a on this like small basement spot 611 elmwood it was like it's a barbershop now um and we just called the number on it and the dude was like eight hundred dollars a month we're like i thought about it i was like we do this many jobs we can make eight hundred dollars a month and let's sell bike parts as well and mm-hmm. let's do vintage clothing as well and like different avenues to like make that rent up each month kind of that's what kind of fueled it and it was like it was like a no-brainer for me it was just like we're gonna make this move and there was there was literally no thought to it that's awesome it, yeah and that's when i approached justin about the actual like business aspect of it and uh he was totally on board so it brings back to the first point of plan a works when there's no plan b yeah, you got it. You got yeah, to do like it. It's, we're just doing this. <laughs> yeah, and it it helps that we were like young and didn't have like mm-hmm. a ton of responsibilities. Like, I had a dog, and that's you know I didn't have kids. I didn't have a family. Um, my parents were taking care of what they needed to take care sure. of for me. You know, I, I still lived at home, um, and I was I had just started college, so 
um, it was pretty lax, you know, like that the only other responsibility I had was schoolwork, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, I didn't have rent to cover. Yeah. So it's just like, let's put it all into this one thing and see what we can make of it. And never imagined it being this, honestly. It's like, it's, it's I don't, th- I think if we did imagine it as this, I think it would be almost like hindering. Sure. Like it, it would just be, it's too overwhelming. Like when you try to envision something that's too out of reach, um, it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to come to fruition. And then right. you, it kind of like pulls you back, keeps pulling you back. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say don't make lofty goals. But sure. You know, like, well, it, it kind of goes back to what we preach too, is you have to start something as a hobby to understand that it, it'll blossom into something eventually. But in the meantime, let's just have fun doing it. Yeah. It's gotta be what a passion. You started. Exactly. Yeah. 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 If it's, if it's not a passion, you're just forcing yourself to do something that you, you might not want to Absolutely. Be doing. So here you have a ton of equipment. How does this equipment like compare to what you had back in your first place? Was it just smaller scale or is this completely different? It's, uh, I mean, everything now is kind of on a industrial, uh, commercial level, more of like a professional grade. We would have these like tiny single color presses that would just like mount onto a table. So <laughs> we would just build this like two by four structure and then like screw it in with drywall screws and bring the shirt up to our parents oven. that's that's that right it's like what we needed to do it was very inexpensive um and then gradually we just upgraded equipment as we needed it and kind of fit into our space um from the small shop on elmwood we moved into a slightly bigger shop on elmwood that gave us the uh space to to make to use a like a i think it was like a four color stationary press so we were able to then print four colors um which helped with our production a little bit that's incredible so over the course of time where you went from your first spot in elmwood to your second spot on connecticut area Uh, second was uh elmwood and allen Allen. it was slightly bigger but it was uh that gave us kind of at that point we were we were moving into building more of a brand Mm -hmm. where uh, we would we would have like launch parties and people were like began to like follow us as more than a print shop but mm-hmm. kind of like a cultural on a cultural level or a lifestyle level um, and helping in, in an eclectic place like Allentown where like that's where people were were coming there to do is like like buy cool stuff or come to cool events sure. um, and then from there we moved to Connecticut Street and we uh, basically like two x our our space and then we started to it started to allow us to get more equipment and become like more commercial printers, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. Sure. Yeah. And that's all demand driven because there was, you mentioned there was no money put in advertising or anything like that. It was just an organic growth from word of mouth, right? Yeah, so uh, from the start, we, we hadn't taken out a loan until um, like three years ago when we needed to get our like very large equipment. Um, but it was all just like, make some money printing some shirts for like a friend's band put it back into the business what we buy another press we buy another flash dryer and then um move into a a nicer space whatever and uh and yeah just let it organically grow so the our main thing here is is creating a such a quality nailed it <laughs> Buffalo Fire, <laughs> um, creating such a quality experience with our customers, and then giving them such a quality product that they want to share it with their friends, and that they're like actually proud to be getting it from us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and with that, it's just allowed for this nice organic growth, and 
um, word of mouth that is like better than any paid advertising because it's all built on trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, on top of that, you came up with five core values that are the foundational piece to the whole like operation. Operation. Yeah. yeah. So hey, you're calling me out here. That was that's website stuff. Can can you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, I mean, yeah, my number one value is uh, quality. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's the that's, number one. That's number one. That's what I like <laughs> it. <laughs> um, and, and then after that, it, it's just customer service, and and it's the, the quality okay. of customer mm-hmm. service, right? Yeah. And it's since then, it's it's kind of enhanced to an experience, like not just like giving them customer service or like quality service, mm-hmm. where like they're getting a good product and they're like getting a good price and blah blah blah. It's like coming into a space that you feel like engulfed in our culture. And we're, we're continuously building that, and it's not anywhere near what we want it to be. But we have these visions where um, a customer, again, feels proud of what they're of working with us, and they're part of larger things. So mm-hmm. like community initiatives and things like that, we want people to um, constantly feel like they're, they're engulfed in, in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third, let me look at your sheet here. <laughs> uh, I mean, dependability. You- capability and responsibility yeah uh dependability is just goes it comes into like building that trust with the customer mm-hmm. um and giving them a consistent product and we've we've been having like some serious growth recently and and working on scaling and hiring like a new team so that dependability is that's been like really important for us and like in training and things like that and and people don't get it right away but um, that's the goal is to constantly get to that consistency where customers can trust that if they order shirts a year from now and then now they're going to be the same. Sure. Um, which honestly that it doesn't always happen because stuff f- falls through the, you know, the, the, the thin lines and, and we have to get that fixed and do as best as we can. Yeah. Um, capability just if, if a job comes to us that, um, that we're not capable of, we have to adapt and just make sure it happens. Cause it's, we don't want our customers that are loyal to us having to go to somewhere else. Sure. Like we need to make it happen and, uh, do our, do our best and keep those other values. Um, and responsibility it's, it's our responsibility as a company to respect certain things like the environment and find the best solutions that we can to, um, to do our process responsibly. So that comes down to the cleaners that we use being uh, soy-based and, and uh, drain-safe and things like that, the filtering that we use, um, you know, all that. The, when we can use a, a USA-made or an organic or a sustainable shirt, mm-hmm. you know, we do it um, down to the, the folks that we work with. So you know, the people that we want to work with are practic- having the same practices. Sure. Um, yeah, that's our values. That, that I didn't really remember until now, but Crushed um, it. Yeah. yeah, we, we always, the, the customer experience and the quality is always number one, number two. Yeah. So just talking about the business really quick, what exactly do you do from a, like a actual design standpoint? Because there's different forms of putting something on a t-shirt, right? Oh, yeah, there's vinyl sure. pressing, there's logo sublimation, there's screen printing. What do you do and how does it vary from different types of printing processes? Uh, we do strictly screen printing here. Um, that's like the most timeless printing method, you know, like, like super, super old. It's, it's the most dependable 
process for sure. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to stay on the shirt. It's time tested. Like you, you can't get better than that. Um, it's the most tactical, uh, of them. Like as far as just like being part of the shirt and, and that starts from design. So we're, when we're designing a shirt with the customer, we're looking at how the shirt fits on the person, how it lies on the shirt. Um, and it's not just like we try to avoid just like plopping a billboard on a shirt, you sure. know, like we want it to, to sit perfectly. We want it to we want the customer to think about, like, who is it going to? What what color shirt is it? What kind of shirt is it? What's the fabric like? And we're exploring all these different avenues before we even get to printing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't do a ton of like custom design stuff anymore, but like a lot of the stuff we're doing the customer already has the idea and we kind of like help bring that to life so we're pushing it to the next level a lot of it's like company logos and things like that um but we're we're always trying to add that creative element to it if they're open to it sure yeah which is sweet because as we went through our pro or your process it was on our story but this is going to be encapsulated forever right this interview so you have a whole portion of your shop dedicated to the design aspect and then printing the actual material that you're going to use for the screens so in that he like you mentioned we came to you with an idea and then with these you already had the idea and we just kind of like talked through it general conversation and then we were all hitting the same points where it's like we want this to look a certain way which is fine but then we also don't want it to bleed through we want the shirt to be long enough we want it to last like all those different things which really ties into all of your values because it was literally like the company values were formulated from a general conversation with you and the boys just sitting down and you're like all right if we're going to do this like let's come up with five concrete things that we'll never deviate from and then we'll just organically watch it happen and that was the feel that we got as soon as we walked in it's like hey man what's up like what you guys are both yeah. happy. All right, that's cool. It's like let's let's come in the back. I'll like show you around, and then we immediately dived into the design portion of this is literally how it's going to look on the shirt with some software that I haven't seen outside of like a Disney documentary, <laughs> and then all the clicks were going through. We moved it, we printed it, and then it was just right next to. I'm like, now what? And you're like, now we make the shirt. I'm like, what? What do you mean we just make a shirt? Like, I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah. There's no like needles where we just like hand do it ourselves. It was just a, an insane process, but it's it's really streamlined where you literally just walk around and then you're at the next step. Yeah. So your whole space is already designed to just flow with the the production and birth of the shirt, and then all of a sudden it's in a box and being shipped out. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's huge for production. Is everything needs to be in order and it needs to be um, is like efficient because when you're printing a shirt like an order of a hundred or, or thousands or you know uh, an order that we recently did with a company called 26 shirts it's like nearly seven thousand shirts things need to be buttoned down like that mm-hmm. like you can't just like have one thing going on in a corner and then your next step of the process is like you know like 200 yards away it's just not going to work it's not efficient it's not going to mm-hmm. get you anywhere so we we kind of like the flow of our shop is is very important to us um, and it took a little while to get used to, especially coming into a bigger space from what we were used to. Um, but if we're going to do something, I, I always feel like we just got to do it right. And that's that's where those values kind of came into play. It's just like, if we're going to do this thing, let's do it so that people like are getting something that they want and that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and as far as like the design process, anytime that something comes up in my head like organically if i can like mesh with a company or with someone that we're working with and i can show them an idea and push them to 
like maybe they hadn't thought of that or maybe that like then goes to um like hit something in their brain they're like oh what about this like Mm -hmm. anytime i can do that that's going to help everyone involved like Mm -hmm. it helps us get in order it helps us um nail it down and it helps improve that customer experience so it's and it's for us it's just a matter of like a little bit of brain power Mm -hmm. in a few minutes right and then everything on that design end is is kind of buttoned down already where we're familiar all of our designs or all of our like our manager and stuff is is so tuned into those programs that it's just it's cake you know so going back to the educational portion of it you are a graphic you did go to school for graphic design so if somebody came in to you with the concept of a logo or an idea are you able to help them direct them into this would be a kick-ass shirt idea from there yeah we do branding and um and graphics as well um it's it's a little like that's my like super passion like Mm -hmm. that's what if i could do that like like full full time that would be like game over if we could have a design (laughs) department yeah um but p it's it's harder to like a design thing is it's just an idea it's just like an image Mm -hmm. on a computer people don't really see how much work goes into that and how much value that has to their company um so they have a harder time paying for it it's like paying for business cards like you can go to some online place and pay like 0.05 cents per card (laughs) where if we were to print that it's it's a it's a, a real thing. Like we're going to use thick paper. We're going to use real ink. We're going to use a hand printed process. It might cost you $2 a card. That thing becomes very, very valuable. Sure. Um, but for a shirt, it's a very tactical thing and people know that it's going to sell. So they have no problem paying for it. So as far as it is, as that end of our business goes, we just, we haven't gotten to that level where um, we can, be designing full time and actually make that income because we could print a hundred shirts and make three X that <laughs> like, True. you know, in, in a third of the time, True. like it's just that it's just mathematics and business. So, um, but yeah, I would, I would love to get into more design stuff. And like I said, a lot of it is, uh, just what the customer brings in and then, and then we're printing, but we're using, we're just trying to get that, that creative edge on it, True. you know, and that's where we're working with the customer. Do you have your own positive approach apparel line? Uh, we used to do a lot of stuff, and, <laughs> and we like, like I said, we would have like launches and parties, and and people would love it. They'd be so stoked, and then you know business gets in the way. Sure. Like it's just like <laughs> everyone starts to need shirts, and we're we want to satisfy that. And I think the scaling wasn't able to happen fast enough, where or like we didn't we weren't able to trust that the scaling was going to be successful where we just kind of like sat on that same level of um, like production or business for let's say like two or three years where we were just printing everyone else's stuff and we didn't have time to print our own stuff. Gotcha. So now we're, we're kind of developing ideas and um, as our team grows and we can designate people in certain areas where we're like Justin and I, don't have to focus so much on those areas we can start to focus in on those other things so um whether that's community initiatives programs or our own kind of like clothing that we can Mm -hmm. sell and people can become part of that brand now diving into the community aspect there's a lot here because you've literally printed shirts for local bands you've also printed shirts for nationally recognized Mm -hmm. bands um so let's start there and then we'll dive into the the other aspects but like are there any large big time bands that people would just automatically know that you guys have worked with? 
Uh, we we've we've did a special collaboration with Etid uh, nice. one time. That was that was like super cool. That was like the ideal job, right? Like you're working with with a band that you like kind of look up to. Um, like Andy Williams is part of the the hardcore punk scene that we grew mm-hmm. up in. So it was like awesome to be able to collaborate with him specifically, like giving us free reign of like doing this graphic. It's like totally my style, and then we get to push that out to their platform. Sure. Like that's that was super cool to us. Um, but it was exclusive. It was very like, like this is the only thing you guys are going to do with us because <laughs> we have to print with this other company, right? So we get a lot of that. Um, but that's one that stands out for me. Um, we printed for a band called Terror one time. It was like kind of like a one-time thing. Uh, Cro-Mags, they're super popular on the punk scene. But again, those are just one-time things, like trying to help people out in a pinch kind sure. of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But our... our um, we definitely started this thing on in the music industry and like helping friends bands but since then it's it's definitely transitioned into um us helping out like the community and you know local restaurants schools those are those are the folks that we really like to work with because it's bringing something different to like the the music scene the band scene that that's already creative it's already there like they're doing it through music the shirts are usually pretty cool. Like no matter who prints them, they're going to be fine. True. But like if we can get that creative edge on like a school or a restaurant or somebody that may not have that traditionally and get them to sell more shirts as supplemental income, that's where we're at. Like sure. that's, that's our bread and butter at this point. So you've also mentioned that you did a collaboration or worked with uh, 26, 26 shirts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did you do for them and what, yeah, like what did you do for them? Well, at this point, like those are those are our boys. Like that, that's <laughs> one of our our. Uh, we don't like to have favorite accounts, but they're one of our favorite. <laughs> no, um, they're they're just like their whole mission is so uh, like what everyone would want to be in a company. It's like their their whole platform is just giving. It's like they're working with families um, who are in need of fundraising and they make it happen from design to finished product and i think it's super important um, to be able to help the community and have like some kind of giving aspect of your company because if it's if it's not then it's just to make money and like why? that's no fun yeah yeah so like <laughs> their yeah their values are just like blow my mind like h- how consistent they are uh with all that stuff and and you know they're always coming up with creative designs Mm -hmm. and um it's just it's awesome to work with them and but we've we recently did a uh when the blue jays announced that they were going to be playing in buffalo we did a shirt with them that was their their largest order and our largest order today ever printed and they were able to fundraise like a ridiculous amount like 52 over fifty two thousand dollars to the food bank uh, food Bank of Western New York, and I think the Food Bank of Canada. It, yeah, it, mind-blowing insane. stuff. So that that was super cool. It, it'll definitely be a memorable experience. They actually moved their office here for uh, two days to ship out their shirts. Oh, sweet. So it would literally come off of our dryer and into their shipping label or shipping packages and out the door. Sweet. It was super cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Are there any other companies that you had that type of collaboration with? Um, not to that level, no. I mean, no one's no one's ever been able to set up shop here <laughs> yeah. and and get like like that it was just like so 
and their energy was awesome like they like bought us lunch for two days and like every everyone was laughing and it was like super cool really good energy um but to mesh with someone like that mm-hmm. um not really and, and we do it on like a like a macro scale like every day like who we're working with it's we're we're always endlessly trying to mesh as tightly as possible as we can with someone because that makes them feel comfortable sure and like they're gonna trust trust us to make what they want right and Mm -hmm. like people are giving us their money and they could give that to anyone so we want to make sure that that is going um you know to the best use as as we can yeah so as you grow to your uh employees change as well you started with just you and your buddy doing shirts and now how many employees do you have right now that are regularly doing production stuff yeah the company pays nine people so um it's it's uh you know management down to to printing down to um like like screen recycling Mm -hmm. and ink mixing and all that stuff everyone kind of tries to take part in like we want every every employee to kind of or sorry not employee every team member to um have as much knowledge around the shop as they can and that's something that we continually work on as well um but I, in an ideal world, everyone knows how to print. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows how to mix ink. Everyone knows how to do every aspect so that if someone's um, too busy somewhere else, someone can pick up the slack. Sure. Um, and I think when it, even when the shirts come off the dryer for quality control, if, if that person knew the printing process, they're much more likely to catch certain flaws or s- like common areas mm-hmm. that might have like a, a flaw. And if we can avoid getting a, a flawed shirt to a customer, like that's like that's what we want sure what is the training process for mixing ink i feel like that i would i would be terrible at it no no no. it's it's honestly it's it's just an app on your phone oh okay (laughs) he's like we start there that's the first part yeah yeah super easy um there's a little bit of art that goes into like tinting colors like a system is not perfect so if um if a color is like slightly off you have to know how to adjust to make that color what we want so the color wheel is very important here. Yeah, you need you need to know your uh, Roy G. Biv. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's been so long since I heard that. Roy G. Biv? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you recite all of them? Listen, let's. we're in the middle of an interview. <laughs> we'll save that for a Monday episode. Goodness. So that's cool. So then after – so cross-training is obviously paramount. So then from – say, say they understand Roy G. Biv, and then what would be the next, the next step for, like, a new employee – because obviously we're gonna be here like six days a week, yeah. Doing our own batches, helping you. Uh, no, it's it's uh, at that point it's it's very specialized. So quality control is quality control. Printers are printers. Okay. Uh, screen cleaners are screen cleaners. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's not much. You know, it's it's a lot of common sense. Uh, the printers are probably the most like skill like skill based, I guess you'd say, because mm-hmm. so much goes into the technique and things like that. So. Mm-hmm trying to hire experienced printers is not the easiest task um, because it's just not like a super common industry uh, but lucky lucky for us not super, not lucky uh, a friend shop um, kind of was hit by the the virus stuff so a couple of their team members um, sure. kind of filtered our way and it's been an awesome addition so so, um, so speaking of the, the current environment that we're in, you did all f- also offer incentives for some companies. Did you want to get into that at all? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I thought it was super important to be able to give back to the people that have always supported us. So, um, like restaurants, gyms, you know, p- folks that we were really trying to like reach out to, um, and who have helped us. We just wanted to, at the beginning of all this stuff, if they weren't making that income that they're used to, we wanted to offer a solution to make that supplemental income. Mm-hmm. And, uh, shirts just seem like an easy way to do it. Like I've always been able to sell and hustle on shirts because everyone needs them, right? Mm-hmm. Like no one will never not need a shirt. Right. So if I could say, um, hey, so-and-so, or like, let's say like, um, like Rockpile Athletics, like CrossFit gym, if you print 50 shirts, you can make this much money as supplemental income. That's going to help you pay your rent this month. And it's going to it's gonna enhance your brand. Mm-hmm. Let me give you uh, this discount on this so you can have that much more money. Sure. And it makes it reasonable for you to be able to do. And also, hey, maybe you don't have to pay me for 30 days. Whatever it is, like we were down to help um, those folks. So if you were impacted by that, and we're still running that program too. If anyone f- is feeling the heat on this thing still, like just hit us up. Mm-hmm. We're going to help you develop something that, um, you know, is aligned with the folks that you're trying to sell with so that you can get that product to them and make some extra cash so your business can stay alive. Because if people, if people fail, um, we fail, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're only as strong as the people who support us. So. True. Yeah, for sure. I feel like t-shirts are, this is going to sound weird, but so undervalued for small businesses to get into. Like, it doesn't really take that much energy on the business's end to make a t-shirt. And once you sell that, it's just marketing forever. Because somebody will walk around with that shirt. Yeah. I don't understand why more businesses don't get merchandise to sell. It's trusting trusting that you have a good enough idea and investing in it. By the way, neither of you are wearing T-shirts. These guys are both wearing, like, both wearing polos. We're both wearing polos. No, I'm just messing. Um, but, yeah, it, it just comes down to trusting that people are going to buy your stuff. And, and you, people are so, like focused rightfully on their own product like if you're a gym you're selling gym memberships Mm -hmm. if you're a restaurant you're selling good food like the t-shirts and the merchandising world kind of like takes a a a back seat which is good because you're like you're focusing on your thing yeah um and the same thing we do here like we focus on our thing we focus on t-shirts and printing we like we don't get into embroidery we don't get into any of that outsourcing whatever Mm -hmm. um and then you can do it right but I think with like social media and stuff now, it's so powerful that you can like push this product. If you can have people on your team or, you know, any, if we can help like develop this and then like give you terms for payment and you can have 50 shirts and not have to worry about that sure. investment and we're fulfilling those orders and you don't even have to worry about shipping. Like that's our next step. Huge. That's our next step is like, let us take care of it. Like mm-hmm. give us these ideas, boom, boom, boom approve this design it's going to go on our web store under your name subcategory and then we're going to ship the shirts out you might not make as much money on it but you have to do no work and you don't have to worry about it like that's where that's kind of where we're heading and it just seems it seems pretty natural because of that because people are afraid to invest in their in themselves in that way and and i place no blame on that like 
you know what I mean? It's just hard. Yeah, absolutely. Hard, That's yeah. super interesting. So speaking about merchandise, we also came here for another purpose. Uh, we were going or we're talking about getting sweatshirts done. Oh, yeah. Um, nice we, ones. We got, yeah, we got to walk through that process. So do you want to explain kind of what we're getting done and the, the type of sweatshirt and kind of more of the intricacies? That way we don't mess it up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're going to do a nice tri-blend crew neck sweater with a, with a uh, like a vintage style print. Um, so it'll become part of the shirt and it's, it's a very organic process. So it's like, um, you like, you won't even be able to feel, it's not like a, a billboard or like a plastered image on sure. the shirt. It's gonna be super comfy. Um, and then baseball shirts, maybe like, I don't know if that's a secret, but got to hustle those shirts. Oh, yeah. We so. got to, we got to keep hustling. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll release. I'm not worried. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let our, all of our listeners know as soon as we get to that point where we're ready to sell them, but they are coming in the near future. So make sure you follow all of our Instagram and Facebook accounts. So you know exactly when they release because they're going to go fast. Yeah, they're, they're the most gonna, comfortable sweaters I've ever worn in my life. They're going to be sweet. The problem <laughs> is like people, uh, are not able to wear them before they buy them. So you got to, figure out a way to like like it's our it becomes our job to like make this thing look awesome Mm -hmm. and even like the marketing content like making an image good enough where like people are going to look at it and they're gonna be like i need that that looks sick yeah yeah yeah. and figuring out price points all this stuff Mm -hmm. that goes into it so sure i'm stoked i'm so excited for this yeah me too it'll be nice there's gonna be a lot of collaboration yeah for sure so what's next for positive approach what would be your next step um, just continuing to collaborate with, with the cool companies. Like our goal is to print for all the cool companies in Buffalo. Like it, anyone that we look up to, anyone that we've ever looked up to, we want to be printing for them. And we want, we want it to be more than that. Like we want to build off these like community initiatives, like, um, and have people be part of that. So it's literally a collaboration. It's not just like them hiring us to, to, make a product like that's just it's just whatever you know like we want to have that next level of relationship with our customers um where they're they're like part of something else Mm -hmm. you know um as besides production stuff like uh one thing that i'm really really excited about is an idea that we're coming kind of coming to fruition called the neighbor good project um where we're going to do neighborhood cleanups working with the folks in the neighborhood so on a small kind of basis we want the people that live in the neighborhood to come out to our events and clean up trash and and be familiar with their neighborhoods and it kind of becomes a neighborhood tour so if we were to work with um like a an urban farm or like massachusetts avenue project or someone like that um it would be a tour to their facility and then it would be a collaboration where they, the folks that are part of the event would get something from them. So whether it be a piece of produce or something, they would, and education on that, on whatever they're doing. Wow. So, like, the, the important thing to me is educating um, people in, in low-income neighborhoods about the importance of proper, educa- or proper nutrition and food um, because I, I think so much starts there. So that would be the that would be the the end goal is to to teach folks about that. And this idea kind of came up because I'm just walking the neighborhood, like picking up bags and bags of trash, and it's all Tim Hortons, McDonald's, Burger King. Like, this is what our neighborhood is eating, True. and then they're just throwing crap on the ground or it's blowing around, whatever. Right. It's still ending up on the ground. So someone's got to be out there 
cleaning this stuff up and then being educated on why we're not why why not to eat this like, sure um, and the West Side particularly has so many cool resources, urban farms, things like that, different projects that are happening. Um, awesome cafes like Bread Hive who are providing like nutritional, nutritionally valuable food. Um, there's no reason why folks can't be eating stuff like that mm-hmm. if they were educated. And I think if we're working with organizations like that and like figuring out ways to make this accessible to the community that's going to be a huge change and the way that that scales to me is i would work with organizations outside of our neighborhood then to host their own event with our with our platform Mm -hmm. and and make their own collaborations within that neighborhood so we'd be working with like restaurants like if there's no urban Mm -hmm. farm available we work with a restaurant that uses sustainable produce or um you know whoever a, a crossfit gym like someone who's promoting this like healthy lifestyle and they're doing their neighborhood cleanup. And the important thing I think there is that the people who are cleaning up the neighborhood are the people that live in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I'm not trying to develop a pity party. I don't want like, I want the help if, if if some folks from the suburbs want to come down and help the West clean up the West side. Cool. But like, we really need it to be the people that live here. That way it's sustainable going forward. Yeah. It's gotta be sustainable. And we have to, we have to really like make it accessible and, and make it not mandatory, but like make it a thing. Like you pass by everyone passes by a candy bar wrapper or something on the street. Mm -hmm. Like most people are not thinking to pick that up, especially not now because everyone's afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you keep a glove in your pocket and like, it seems like inconvenient, but this shit's just like uh, just floating around. It's It's like ruining stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's a story about, um, in Japan, like they they like were having like uh, trash issues, and there were garbage cans everywhere with trash like overflowing out of them. They took away the trash cans, and then in the matter of like a very short period of time, that trash disappeared because people didn't want to hold the wrappers in their pockets. Mm-hmm. So they were forced. To, they didn't want to litter, but they were putting it in the trash cans, thinking that that was fine. But it's overflowing, and that's littering. Right. So they would like have to put it in their pocket, and they're like, "Wait, I don't want to carry this wrapper in my pocket." Or this tissue or whatever, so then they don't they don't don't eat that. Or That's they don't they don't litter, you know what I mean? So that in that practice or in that incentive they made it a point and that's what we need to do. We just it needs to be a thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Action. Jeez. Yeah. It's just action. Yeah. So it's that's literally what we always talk about because people can complain all day long, but if I don't know if you're not picking up on your walk and you're just walking past it, then you're identifying to yourself and everybody else that you're okay with what you just passed. Yeah. Like stop, pick yeah. it up and move on with your life. Like if you have to hold on to it, cool, wash your hands, grow up. Like it's better than it staying on the ground. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe a dog eats it. I mean, what if the dog eats enough wrappers? What happens to the dog? Think about the dogs, yeah. you know, like have, have that other situational awareness of what the actual impact is of that lone wrapper that's just on the ground. And I don't want, I don't expect anyone to like carry around a pair of gloves in like a a trash bag or something like where they're constantly picking up trash. But it's the first step is just being in your head. Like maybe like go for a walk and count how many pieces of trash you Mm -hmm. can see. And then like that number is going to blow your mind. And then next time you might be apt to like pick up a few pieces of trash. And this is, this is not like for trash. This is like for community effort. Mm -hmm. It's to show like the community that we're, that we're, part of this it's not we're not just a a teal building just like floating here for no reason like (laughs) we're like 
we want to be we want to mesh with everyone around us sure you know like we want to give back to the people who like allow us in their neighborhood and the organizations and businesses that support us that's that's what All it's in. about that yeah, is so cool sure. so uh, speaking of the teal building in the in on the street <laughs> do you want to tell everybody where we are like what your address is so people can come by and talk if they want yeah, something done for sure our uh our um warehouse is at 631 fargo off niagara street in the west side um right over by the peace bridge um we just recently well we moved in this building last year um and we're we're trying to like be like a diamond in the rough mm-hmm. like we we got in here and it was it was trash um it looked like a piece of trash it just it kind of like like you, it was an eyesore mm-hmm. but like just not enough of an eyesore where it would like be an issue like sure. you almost just like glaze over it or gloss over it like when you walk by it's like oh that whatever <laughs> but so now we're like we're trying to make it so that like there are murals on the outside and the, the paint color is nice so that when you're driving down Niagara street, you're like, it catches your attention. You're like, what are those guys doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And then when you come in, you get that experience where there's like huge letters painted on the, on the inside of our showroom. And then you come into our production and maybe there's a giant like Buffalo mural or like, you know, oh, yeah. something that's going to excite people right. mm-hmm. and enhance that experience. That's we, cool. we were talking about that just driving down here. I haven't been down Niagara Street in quite a while, but driving down that, that portion kind of towards the Niagara exit, not the Peace Bridge exit, mm. it's gotten much nicer. Oh, yeah. And I feel like this community around this area is growing, and I don't think many people know that. Yeah, Niagara Street is – it's been talked about for a few years that it was going to be up and coming. Um, it was hard to imagine it being like – like an Elmwood or mm-hmm. like a hurdle, like a retail kind of thing, or like you might not want to come down here for uh, to eat dinner. But recently, like the the buildings around here are so cool, like the old factories, like like the uh, original like painted letters and signage on them. Just that alone, like being engulfed in this area, and we're on the water. Like when the sun sets, it's like magic. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's insane. The yeah. only bad thing is when. Um, I, I don't remember what, what month it is, but the the uh, ice boom releases and there's like melt or something, oh, yeah. and then it just stinks. <laughs> so we get a little bit of that, but when it's not stinking around here, it's like it's gorgeous. <laughs> and the old buildings, if you like that like kind of like rustic um, industrial vibe, putting anything into one of those, kind of like what we did here, is like it it's uh it's meant it's it just adds so much to sure. to your experience so like imagine eating dinner in like an old abandoned warehouse oh, that's yeah. like done up just enough where like maybe there's some like minty tiles over there or like some modern designed lights or something where it gives you like this this like new feel but you're still within like this exposed brick um kind of like massive space like that's what all these buildings on Agra street are and uh, they're, the city is redoing the whole um, the whole way down from Black Rock uh, to downtown with this with nice um, like bike paths and mm-hmm. trees and and landscaping and everything and it's it's freaking gorgeous. It's going to be awesome. It is. And it really all started when the exposed roof or like the exposed ceilings were a thing in yeah. restaurants. And yeah, you looked it was up, exposed you're like, ceilings. It's, it's not finished. And you're like, no, 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 <laughs> like that's it. Like that's that's what it's going to look like forever. Yeah. And you're like, but why? Like I see duct. Like, I don't understand what that is. And, like, that's the point, dude. Like, this is it. It's yeah, but exposed. then it becomes it becomes natural. Like, you might question it at first, and then you're mm-hmm. in it, 
and it's like it just feels mm-hmm. it feels fine it feels right like it, you don't feel like you're like trapped under a ceiling or something you know what i mean like if you go into a restaurant that's it's that's outdated you're under like a drop ceiling and some fluorescent lights or something your experience is shot like your oh, food yeah. might not even taste as good you know you go to one of these these uh these restaurants that have this like crazy industrial feel it's just like it's it's magic it's like gold right like mm-hmm. your your food just like tastes better it's and you, you categorize it too like when you get food at hartman's or uh resurgence at at 55 chicago yeah it's it's you understand when you eat the food you're like yeah this is exactly how it's supposed to taste yeah for sure like you just kind of group that in your brain as these places are over here and then there's these places that are over here yeah it's it's a wild experience that we all live through yeah. and it's a lot of lost space too once you start dropping down the ceilings that cover some of the stuff up yeah there, you're it's the character four or five feet it's the character yeah, yeah for sure speaking of 55 chicago have you guys been rock climbing yet no it's central rock yeah, I'm I'm a, a fitness coach there. Are you really? Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, that place is awesome. <laughs> you, it's uh, it's behind Resurgence. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, in that same yeah. building. I've, I've wanted to go there for some time, but obviously never got to it. If you wanna if you wanna go to a place that doesn't feel like you're in Buffalo, go there. It's like these like giant tower of walls, like 50 feet. That you're you're climbing on ropes and stuff. That's and it's sweet. Like coolest thing. You guys ever, do free yeah. climbing too, right? Um, no, we I don't do any free climbing. It's well bouldering. It's uh, like yeah. lower, like 15, 10 to fifteen foot max height, um, and then you're falling onto like crash pads. So it's it's a padded floor, um, yeah, so lower lower no, risk, but there's no dude belaying you, and there's there's nothing like it's just you're on the wall. Yeah, nice. so it's a lot shorter of a of a route, or they call it a problem, but it's a lot harder. Like it's like a, um, like explosive power versus endurance kind sure. of thing. Yeah. I have neither of those, so I'm going to have to work my <laughs> well, way out. Yeah, you have to develop <laughs> come, come to one of my classes. And have, when do you teach there? Or uh, what do you well, do there? Before the um, before all this stuff happened, I, w- I was doing two two classes a week, and we're doing like core-focused for- classes for climbing, specifically for climbing, which is applicable to everyday life. No so joke. It's, yeah, it's building up the strength in your core um, and – and building that longevity so like one problem that folks have like when they get older like the number one reason for people to go into a nursing home is because they fall down Mm -hmm. and then they can't get back up so like in asian culture everyone squats like all the time like if they're waiting for the bus they're in a squat position and you'll see it like even like uh like the refugee immigrants and folks around here um if you see them at wegmans or something and they have to get something off the bottom shelf they're not doing like this like nasty hinge over thing they're like squatting down into this perfect position grabbing what they need and then standing back up and it's constantly building that strength um of what you need to like when you're on the floor and getting back up so if you if you never get on the floor in your entire life besides like if you're always sitting on chairs and beds and like things like that and then you go to get up like it's gonna be kind of hard oh yeah and that's where a lot of like older folks um if they fall and they can't get up like what the heck are you going to do? And they press that life alert button, and then that's it. Yeah, life alert. <laughs> uh, then they have to go into no a No free shout-outs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hashtag not hey us. <laughs> uh, That's super interesting. Yeah, so it, it's just all that, like, like um, building up a, a solid lifestyle in, you know, like a strong core so that mm-hmm. you can um, live your life better. It's just like skating. You have to ollie. Yeah, exactly. Once you it's ollie, the you can literally do everything else. Yeah. yeah. Do you so still the, skate? Uh, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> I tried uh, a few months ago, like maybe like s- eight months ago or so, and like everything feels so like painful. 
Like if you <laughs> if a, if the board accidentally hits your shin, it's like oh, the, it's the worst. worst feeling ever. But like when I was 13 and that would happen, I'd be like, oh well. Like yeah. let me go try to like throw myself down this set of eight stairs <laughs> for like eight hours straight, and then I'll go home. I'll skate home from downtown five miles, and then the next day I'll wake up and I'll go do it again. Like without even thinking about it and now if i if i like hit my shin or roll my ankle it's like i'm out yeah. you know i i can't like <laughs> hang out week. with my daughters <laughs> or like my wife yeah so that's that's a no-go for me but um i did just buy a deck from uh mom skate shop on her oh nice and uh i'm gonna set it back up and and try because i i think um my three-year-old daughter mila is is just getting into like some cool stuff and i think she'd get a kick out of that um and i i think growing up in that culture um, it was just, I learned so much about like resiliency and, um, I don't know, just, there's just so much stuff to learn from skating that I think if she got into that and like, didn't, and went down the right path of it, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't like crazy, like I was so into it, like every day, all day, like she doesn't have to be that into it, but if she could like get into it enough where she's learning those like values that I took away from it, I think that's key, you know? So, that's so sweet. Yeah, I want to inspire her to, to, if she wants to do something like that, I want her to be able to do that. That's huge. Yeah. We, him and I talk about skating. We both used to skate. Really? And it was every day, all day. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, it's it's crazy, too, because I'll, like, I'll drive through the city, and I'm like, oh, there's a line. And yeah, you're, yeah. Like, you're seeing the architecture of the building, you're like, that'd be perfect. Even just, like, a switch flip. Just do something off yeah. the side. And then you, you just, like, look, and you're like, God, I'm going to run at somebody, because you're literally looking at the landscape. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is bad. You see all that's the wax it. on the waters, and you're like, oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. 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 That's, it's like that's, some that's all day. That. That, yeah. That's ingrained in your head forever. <laughs> yeah. so that that wax look on bludges, I could see that from a mile away. Yeah. I'm like, this has to be hit. But it's cool, too, because similar to, like, finding a line or how you would skate something is all of that's here. Like, you you get that sense of it, where it's just raw, it's exposed, and then everything has a purpose, everything has its place, and it's streamlined. Way to bring it back. But yeah, I mean, it's, that's, it's... That's what it is. Like, it's literally, like you said, it's all ingrained, and you can't... That's just natural now. Yeah. Like, I, all of it literally just occurs. When something's your life for so long, and Justin yeah. was the same way with, with uh, rollerblading, like, aggressive in line, mm-hmm. so... Like, Brink? Yeah, straight up. Yes, like, like legit, though. I didn't not, watch much Disney, but I watched a ton of <laughs> Like, like, Brink is, like, the coolest level of it. Yeah. Like, he's like that. Like, not, like, cheesy or, like, corny. Like, it's, like, you're getting down, like, a skateboarder. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, like, the longest rails, like, the sickest tricks, not just, like, some, like, cheesy and crap. And his feet like, are crossed, and it makes no sense yeah, how he's yeah, on Yeah, like, rail. you would never be able to do it. No. <laughs> you could, like, you could be the sickest skateboarder, and you throw some rollerblades on, and, like, you're never going to get to Do you remember point. those, like, roller skate shoes, though, that had the grind pad on oh, them? Yeah, they weren't Heelys, sure. but they were just, like, random... Do you remember those? Did you ever have them? No. I never had them. No, me either. But I wanted them for yeah. so long because I thought it would be like, yeah, let me just run into this ledge real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, super convenient. Like, anytime you want to grind, there you go. <laughs> and then parkour came up because someone's yeah. like, screw that. Like, we'll just leap through, like, building <laughs> yeah. the building. Yeah. It's like, all right, man. But, yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, so we, we both grew up, even though it was separate cultures, it, it's all the same value and the mm-hmm. same idea. And it, when something's your life for that long, like – there's no doubt it's going to be part of whatever you do, you know, like even if it's not obvious, like we don't have a mini ramp here, even though we really want one. And we've, and we've always said, like, if we have the space, first thing that's going in is a mini ramp. Hell yeah. That doesn't happen. Unfortunately, That'd like sweet, though. we get another press and then we get another one sure. and then we don't have room for a mini ramp. But 
like like you said it's like the the way things look and the values that come into the business it's all from skating like it's just you know it's part of your life for so long Mm -hmm. it's just it's natural and we didn't intend for that to be but it's it's just the way it is you know oh yeah Yeah, that's awesome so uh, we talked about where we can find you on your address but what about social media where can people find you on social media at positive approach on instagram and that's about the only thing i uh attempt to do for social media (laughs) nice um facebook is linked up to that too positive approach press um i i should get better at social media um but i don't like spending my time uh like that so i think that's going to be the matter of just like building our team like Mm -hmm. building someone to um have the same vision as us and be able to uh, translate that better than what I can because I'm fine to admit when I'm not good at something Mm -hmm. or when I like um, don't want to be investing that much time into something and that's one of those things I, I don't like looking at my phone. Like, oh, yeah, man, I, there's no phones in heaven. I, yeah, I lost my phone for two weeks, and, like, I, like, just didn't call Verizon to get a new one. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, it was, like, the coolest thing. Like, I, and then after that, I just deleted Instagram when I got my phone back, and then I, I put it back on just so I can check my messages for positive approach because, like, people would message us, like, DM us, yeah. and then they'd be, like, mad that we didn't get back to them. So it's, like... We have to find a balance, mm-hmm. but I think ultimately that's going to be just building our team so that someone can can implement that for yeah. us. And you have a website too, right? Yeah, positiveapproachpress.com. Um, every, like, any orders that we get, the easiest way to, to contact us is through our website or um, through our email. Uh, calling is really hard here because things are loud mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's hard to remember like all the details <laughs> of the order so likely that we're going to forget something if you call us um, so yeah that's, uh, shoot us an email or hit us up on the website yeah. and do you have a minimum order quantity here? Uh, 15 shirts 15. super low yeah it's manageable um, we're, we're willing to work with anybody that we can you mm-hmm. know like we're probably not going to do one shirt but if it's for a really cool cause like we're definitely going to make some exceptions or like 10 shirts you know whatever um, the, the cost, obviously we have to like cover certain things, mm-hmm. but we're, we're down, we're like, we're in this to like, you know, it's a business, but we're in it to make like cool, awesome shirts for sure. people. That's our, our mission is to make awesome shirts. And, uh, you know, that's when we can, we're going to do it. Which is sick. Yeah, for sure. That's all you need, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. We really Good, appreciate it. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I'm stoked to work with awesome. you guys and make those those shirts and we're gonna hook you up cool well thank you very much everybody this has been our interview with positive approach so we'll see you next time see you When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.